Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring excerpts from more than a dozen programs, plus our special host, television personality Ralph Edwards, as we salute one of America's great radio stations. When radio station KFI in Los Angeles celebrated its 50th anniversary, it was certainly a milestone in radio history. During the half-century on the air, virtually every performer and personality was heard over the KFI airwaves. For their anniversary, a special 12-hour program commemorated the many milestones, and Ralph Edwards did the honors. Hello, my name is Ralph Edwards. For more than two decades, I've surprised hundreds of unsuspecting guests on This Is Your Life. With the help of their friends, we've told their life story. On this day, April 16, 1972, you're going to meet many friends, people you all know, and they'll help trace a story which began one half century ago. Because, KFI, This Is Your Life. Fifty years ago this day, April 16, 1922, KFI went on the air with its initial broadcast over a 50-watt homemade transmitter owned by Earl C. Anthony. Within a year, the station was broadcasting four and one-half hours a day. Beginning at five in the afternoon, KFI broadcast a remote pickup from the Los Angeles Examiner Studio several blocks away. Then they switched to the Los Angeles Evening Herald Studio at 5.30. Programs in those days consisted of news, stock reports, lectures, and interviews. At 6.15, the station signed off the air for one half hour, at which time the staff of two or three went out to dinner. Broadcasting resumed with a bedtime story, followed by musical solos, vocal and instrumental groups, and on many occasions, well-known dance bands. On May 28th, 1923, KFI inaugurated a remote pickup from the Ambassador Hotel, and for one hour each night, KFI and the Coconut Grove would broadcast the music of Abe Lyman and his orchestra. KFI presents the music of Abe Lyman and his California Ambassador Orchestra. On November 11, 1923, KFI broadcast the first on-the-spot football game. It was from the Coliseum and featured the game between the University of California and the University of Southern California. In December of 1924, KFI installed a 5,000-watt transmitter and six years later increased it to 50,000 watts, making KFI one of the most powerful stations in the country. Programs of local interest dominated the KFI schedule in those early days, but Earl C. Anthony, because of his enthusiasm and foresightedness, 
knew that radio would one day cover the nation by direct wire and bridge the oceans. Radio would be heard live and direct by people around the world. On November 3rd, 1924, KFI presented a broadcast of President Coolidge as he made a speech direct from Washington, D.C., a 3,000-mile remote hookup. It was a look into the future and of what was to come. Ladies and gentlemen, the American Forces Radio and Television Service proudly presents the Retirement 2, yes, third. Chief Samuels is retiring next year after 25 years. I heard he was taking courses in transition training so he can get a cushy job in industry. Hey, that's great, but what was wrong with his service specialty? Industry doesn't seem to need too many torpedo men. Samuel should live pretty good, around 60% of his active base pay and his civilian salary, too. Not bad for a bachelor. Hey, you know the bachelor's motto? <laughs> no kidding around. You know, even after retirement, a service type and his family are eligible for treatment at military hospitals under Champus. I'd just as soon not have to go to any hospital. Then just think of it as a charge account for aspirin. Financial security, retirement pay, health care. Just a few of the benefits of retirement from the armed forces. Find out about all of them from your personnel officer. Yes, third. On January 1st, 1927, KFI originated the first Rose Bowl game to be broadcast coast to coast. This exciting sports event aired on the new NBC network, and KFI became the NBC outlet for the Western United States. Famous sportscaster Graham McNamee announced this radio first from the Rose Bowl in Pasadena between Stanford and Alabama. The mighty Titans of Stanford threw back the charging Southerners, and now it's second down and goal to goal. Stanford is screaming for its team to hold, and how those boys are holding, but Alabama has three more tries if the gun doesn't go off and put an end to their hopes. They're lining up again. Stanford desperately determined to keep the ball from crossing that last white line, and Alabama just is determined to put it over. They're out of the huddle, up to the line. Stands is silent now, and you can hear Barnes calling the signals. 45, 27, 32. The ball's passed. Johnson has it, and he's over. It's a touchdown. Johnson driving, fighting, smashing. Drove through the mighty Stanford wall and smashed over for a touchdown. And now the stands are going wild. It was in 1927 that KFI inaugurated the first broadcast of the Hollywood Bowl summer concert season. Another program in those early years went on the air every evening at 7 o'clock. For 15 minutes, it seemed like everything stopped while everyone listened. It was the number one program on KFI and throughout the rest of the nation. Listen, Amos, you don't know politics like I do. Uh, tell me this, though. Uh, why can't they have a Democrat and a Republican president at the same time? Amos, the president of the country, don't have nothing to do now. The trouble with that is... The Republican would get everything messed up for the Democrat, and vice versa. Of course, you all recognize Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell, known to millions as Amos and Andy. 
During the 25th anniversary of KFI, Mr. Gosden and Mr. Carell joined in wishing a happy anniversary with these words. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, folks. Uh, me and my friend Andy here uh, just come down here to pay tribute to our very close and dear friend, Mr. Earl C. Anthony, and to the members of the staff of KFI on the occasion of its 25th anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary, KFI. We both hope that when you celebrate your 50th anniversary, you will send us a couple of wheelchairs and wheel us over here to say a few words then, too. Yeah, you can get them at Abbey Rents. <laughs> Fact for mentioning that, we get two wheelchairs ourselves. <laughs> uh, and it's just kidding, but we know that uh, when we say that we hope KFI continues to broadcast in years to come, we are speaking not only for ourselves, but for the millions of people all over the West that listen to this station for the best in radio entertainment and public service. Yeah, and singing commercials, too. Yeah. <laughs> and just to prove to you that we ain't speaking for ourselves only, we're going to ask a few of our friends to say hello, too. Yeah, hey, uh, Lightning, uh, come over here a minute, will you? Ah, uh, yeah, sir, Miss Anthony. Say, Lightning, did you realize that today is Mrs. Anthony's 25th anniversary? I thought his son was 32. I didn't know where to... <laughs> That's all, Lightning, that's all. All right, so I'll wheels right on out of here. Well, well I'm sure that Henry Van Porter is aware of the fact that this is the 25th anniversary of KFI. Come over here, Henry. Yes, yes, I know all about the anniversary, Amos. Charming idea. I hope KFI will please accept my sincere philacerations. Yeah. <laughs> you know Mr. Anthony, don't you? He's always sitting upstairs in that uh, big leather chair squirming around, Henry. Yes, yes, I met him over at my tailor's. He was in for a fitting on a patch or the seat of his pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, say, Andy, uh, seems to me like we come here with uh, one other person tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, here's the kingfish here. Hey, kingfish, where's your wife? Oh, hello there, boys. Uh, she couldn't come tonight, boys. Sorry that. Uh, on Wednesday night, she always stays home and listens to the radio. Favorite station is KNX. Yeah. <laughs> hey, kingfish, kingfish. Wait a minute. You can't say that. This is radio station KFI. Oh, yeah, KFI, the station that Bing Crosby used to be on before he went over to KECA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Kingfish. Kingfish, listen. Mr. Anthony owns KFI, and he don't like you to mention other stations over this microphone. Well, why not? This is the same kind of microphone that got over KHJ, and they don't care if you say KMPC, even if it works like KFWB. They don't care nothing about that. Oh, listen. Listen, Kingfish, everybody else has had some nice things to say about KFI. How about you? All right, then, and I will say something. All I can say is this, that I wish I had half the money that Earl Anthony has made out of this station. Good night, boys. So long, folks. Another figure on early radio was Will Rogers. And his programs often originated here in Los Angeles at the KFI studios. It seems strange that we don't hold the automobile speed record. There, there's millions trying to break it every day. Before we had this high type of civilization, which we're so thoroughly enjoying, why, we used to have wars to get rid of the surplus number of people. Uh, 
<laughs> a fellow in England claimed that he got to heaven and, and that it was great, and, and he's sorry that they revived him again. Beginning in the early 30s and continuing into the 40s and 50s, KFI presented programs featuring some of the most famous names in show business. This 1932 excerpt features Graham McNamee with comedian Ed Wynn. Well, here's one from Chicago, Illinois. Oh, I've been around that. Uh, dear Chief, I'm in love with a girl. Yeah. And when I'm with her, I feel that I could kiss her till the cows come home. Oh, great. But I'm afraid because our two brothers are policemen, and I'm afraid they'll come home early and catch me. What shall I do? Sign in love. <laughs> You're in love. I can understand you wanting to kiss her till the cows come home. But as you are afraid her two brothers will catch you, and as they are policemen, <laughs> you better kiss her till the bulls come home. <laughs> An early man and wife team earned the affection of listeners from coast to coast. It was Julius Anderson and Frank Crummett. Same sort of world in the same round of joy. Same making eyes and the same tender stars. Same moonlight walk, yes, same yes. silly talk, <laughs> same walking wet sunk by Adam and Eve. Same sort of fibs that no one can believe. Why, oh, I thought the old game was one that I knew. I think he knows. But it's no different with you. KFI presented Art Baker's Notebook every day, five days a week, for more than two decades. Howdy, folks. This is Art Baker with another page from my notebook. You know, out of pretty nearly 14 million words, it's very difficult to say, this is my favorite item. All I can say is, uh, here are some things for which I received the, the most requests. Now, uh, here is one. When you get to heaven, you will likely view many folks whose presence there will be a shock to you. But keep very quiet. Do not stare. Doubtless there'll be many folks surprised to see you there. <laughs> and newscaster Lowell Thomas. And so long until tomorrow. Quiz shows became popular on the radio airways in the 30s. You remember when they paid off in cash like this? It's Paul Wing's spelling bee between six men of Dartmouth College and an equal number of men from Brown University of Providence, Rhode Island. Here's the spelling master, Paul Wing. Now for today's match. In addition to fighting for the honor of their respective universities, the contestants are competing for four prizes. $25 for the best speller of all, $15 for the second best speller on the winning team, $15 for the best speller on the losing team, and $10 for the second best speller on the losing team. And now, Arthur, who's the first speller? Then the money went up to impressive heights like this. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Box Pop, the voice of the people, is on the air at the stage entrance of Radio City Music Hall Theater in New York. Jerry Belcher and Park Johnson, as usual, pop the questions. To the five persons whose questions are adjudged best will be presented the gorgeous Elgin Men's wristwatch to everyone who submits a question whether or not it is accepted will be given a package of five mole razor blades. So, here they are. We got a few parts, you ready? <laughs> All right, Mr. Buzz, I'm ready, Jerry. Right. Come up here, please. Now tell me. Knowledge was paying off. Worth coming back next week. And arbiter of true or false, your host and friend, Dr. Harry Hagen. Thank you. Everybody on True or False wins a prize, one of those attractive Williams gift kits. There's one for each of our 12 contestants tonight. And more than that, 
Dr. Hagen has five crisp $5 bills for the members of the winning team this evening. And $25 for the grand winner of the entire contest. And perhaps some of you will remember this one. Presenting Dr. IQ. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Donald Dowd, our first contestant of the evening, please. I have a lady here, Doctor. Six dollars for the correct answer to this one. The former capital of China was named Peking. By what name is this city now known? No coaching, please. I'm sorry, Doctor, I don't know. Peking. However, give that lady a box of 24 bars of chocolate Milky Way and two get tickets to next week's production here at the Chicago Theater, Daughters Courageous. In 1940, I began a Saturday night feature, which was heard on KFI, and for many years, we were all devils. Hello there, we've been waiting for you. It's time to play Truth or Consequences. Winner of the Eisenhower Award for Bond Sales and the Meringue Pie Award for Lemon Sales, your truth or lots of nonsense is man, Ralph Edwards! Thank you very much. Bob Williams, being inspired players from beautiful San Francisco, California, where Truth or Consequences is broadcasting two big E-Bond shows tonight in the San Francisco Civic Auditorium. And our Truth or Consequences total in this seventh war loan is now over $13 million, thanks to San Francisco and a whole lot of other swell California cities. Monday night, we'll be in Stockton, California. See, see you in Stockton Monday, Tuesday in Oakland. Ah, boy, the old hometown, Tuesday. And next week in Los Angeles, buy an E and C, T, or C. Now, uh, Ken Carpenter, who's our next contestant? Our here next on... contestant, Ralph, Mrs. Frank Coons. Mrs. Coons. Oh, all right, thanks, Ken. Hello, Ms. Coons. Have you met Ken Carpenter, the famous yeah, announcer? Yeah, you do. Let's see. Isn't that thrilling? You meet a big announcer like that, Ms. Coons? Huh? Now, uh, <laughs> I have a question for you, Miss. We'll have a little consequence, okay? Fine. Okay. Do you uh, have any uh, little consequences at home or not? <laughs> yeah, I have one little girl, 13, home. Oh, she's getting to be a big girl. Now, I'm here's... 21. What's that? I have six children. Well, she just <laughs> brushes it off like that. <laughs> That's really terrific. Uh, a girl 13 at home and six children. <laughs> I have one girl home that's 13, but I've had six children. Well, I... Uh, I didn't want you to think so. She was the only one I had. Oh, no, no, I... No, what you say leads me to believe that she isn't the only one. <laughs> what, what is your occupation? What is your occupation, Miss Coons? Housewife. Yes, all right. Now, uh, here's a question. Miss it, we'll have a little, I hate to say the word, consequence. Shall we go on? Yes. Uh, why, uh, this is one of our moron questions that we have once in a while on Truth Consequence. Why did the little moron eat bullets? This is a silly little thing. It is, I don't know. Ken told me this before we came on. Why do I blame it on him? I'll face it, I brought it in myself. Do you know, Mrs. Coons? No. Why the little moron ate bullets? So his hair would come out in bangs. So you must pay the consequences. From 1932 to 1959, here are some of the personalities you might have heard on your Atwater Kent while tuned to KFI. Next, Manhattan Merry-Go-Round. Happy heart will follow us, and we'd like to have you 
the Manhattan merry-go-round that brings you the bright side of life, that whirls you in music to all the big night spots of New York town, to hear the top songs of the week sung so clearly you can understand every word and sing them yourself. Chesterfields present the Bob Hope Show, transcribed direct from Norton Air Base, San Bernardino, California, with Les Brown and his band of renown. For Chesterfields, yours truly, Hi Aberback. Our special guests, Jerry Colonna and Marilyn Maxwell. And here he is, a natural in the citrus belt, Paramount's lemon drop kid, Bob Hope. Here we are at the Norton Air Base at San Bernardino, the home of wafts, oranges, and smudge pots. <laughs> this is the Kraft Music Hall, starring Al Jolson with Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus, and our guests, Arnold Stang as Gerard, and the world-famous violinist, Yehudi Menuhin. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. You can't start off the page with a song. Now even when things go wrong. Now you feel better, you even look better. Oh, I know where my baton is. It's right here in the hall. Oh, no, McGee, please, not on Sunday. Don't do it. This is Ralph Edwards sending you dozens of good washes. Until next week, when we hear about Dusty Rhodes, good night, everybody. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for Does. Ralph Edwards and Crucial Consequences came to you from Hollywood Radio City. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. This is Ralph Edwards again. K-F-I, this is your life. And we've only begun. During our special 50th anniversary program, more than two dozen stars will join in this commemorative salute as we continue to trace 50 great years. This is Frank Brzee. Next week, we will continue our salute to K-F-I as we present more stars and personalities from radio's golden days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>